my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy Full House Friday, everyone. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I am continuing on the Jesse's musical career journey with Season 6, Episode 3, Road to Tokyo, which aired October 6th, 1992. In this episode, Jesse performs in Tokyo where his single tops the charts. Well, hey, he's getting it somewhere, right? He's getting that success. <laughs> I mean, even he, when he finds out his song is number one, and he's like, well, no, wait a minute. Last week I checked, it was like 99. How could that possibly be? So, we have some guest stars here. We got... Denise Kumaga, uh, she plays Nancy. She also was on Night Court. She was married to Mac. We have Daryl Kunatumi as Koji. We have Anzu Lawson as Concert EMC. This episode was directed by Joel Zwick. Writers Jeff Franklin, Jeff Franklin the creator, and Ken H-E-C-H-T. Oh, we got connections. Sweetness. Karate Kid. Aunt Becky mentions the Nikki almost called the driver Daddy-san. Oh, kind of like a play on Daniel-san. Okay. Karate Kid Part 2. <laughs> mentioned by Uncle Jesse during his song. Okay, well, clearly... Somebody who was writing this episode wanted to throw in some Karate Kid references. Kudos to them. Alright. This episode marks the last time Stephanie says how rude. Oh my goodness. We knew that she eventually... Even Michelle, the whole you gotta do it, she really dropped it towards the end. And even Deej with her oh my Lanta really seemed to kind of... You know, you don't, you barely got that until we get Fuller House, and it's like she's saying it all the time. And we get the return of Stephanie's how rude catchphrase. This, the episode is referenced again 25 years later in the Fuller House episode of My Best Friend's Japanese Wedding, when they see Jesse on a Japanese billboard with Forever emblazoned on it. The title is based on one of the many road films made by Bing Crosby, Dorothy Lamour, and Bob Hope. Among the toys Nikki and Alex play with in Japan is an alien Balton figure. Toko Yusetuso fans will remember him from the popular Ultraman franchise created by each I can't pronounce I'm who also was one of the creators of Godzilla, who is mentioned in the dial. Yes, that's right, Jesse. I mean, we'll, we'll get to that. I don't want to spoil it, but we'll get there. Let's see here. Uh, goofs. 
Oh, this honestly, I can't tell if this is really a goof or just, I think it's either a person's opinion or observation or a mixture of both. Character error. Jesse's not a solo artist, so he would have to consult the rest of his band members about canceling the tour. They have always been more than willing to, more willing to travel than Jesse, so they would not have given in. I don't think he even lets them know. Continuity. Jesse makes his Mrs. Number One comment. Becky's arms are crossed. In the next shot, only one hand rests on her chest. Okay. Uh, when Jesse talks to his fruit, Koji walks it behind him twice, going in the same direction. Factual errors. Koji would have been near the front of the stage with a barrier between the fans and the VIPs, so that nothing would have happened to the cue cards. Revealing mistakes. The concert venue that Jesse plays at is much too small for a band of his popular... Uh, well, <laughs> if you want to mince words with popularity, uh, but yeah, they probably should have had a bigger venue, but that's what, that's basically what they were going to pay for, for Jesse and them, the house of their band. Almost feels like over there, Jesse was kind of a little bit of a one-hit wonder in a way. It's like those songs that are really popular and a band that only feels like it's only really known for the one good song. I mean, they have others, but do you hear those being played on the radio? Not really. You want to hear other songs by one-hit wonder artists, go buy their album. <laughs> I mean, it's like, like with Garth Brooks. Like, you hear, you know, a lot of his popular songs, and then you go and buy the CDs or whatever, and you listen to some of the other songs that don't get played on the radio, and you're like, I like this. Why is this not played on the radio? I swear, I think I tried to play, request a song on the radio that wasn't, like, normally in a rotation. I guess they said they couldn't play it for some weird reason. I'm not sure why. Alright, so, of course, before I officially get into the episode, I want to let the Tanner Newbies, a.k.a. the new podcast listeners, I want to say welcome. Welcome aboard the Tanner Train, a.k.a. the podcast. And I want to let you know how things work here on this podcast. So, for one, the ways to listen, one you probably already know is iTunes, Apple Podcasts. The other is going to be SoundCloud. Also, there's a couple of things that set this pod- Full House podcast apart from other Full House podcasts out there. This is the main Full House, Fuller House combined podcast out there. There have been other Full House podcasts that have done some episodes of Fuller House, but I wanted to combine the two shows because I love them both. Another thing about this podcast that kind of sets it apart from some others is this is an Ears of All Ages podcast, and what I mean by that is this is a podcast that can be listened to by anyone of any age, and you don't have to worry about inappropriate content or bad language. I created this podcast, one, because I love the show. I grew up watching it. I watch it on in syndication. I watch it as an adult. Even now, aside from podcasting episodes, I also watch it in my spare time because I am just obsessed with the show. And I wanted to create a podcast that was a safe space out there for those that have grown up with the show and who are maybe introducing their kids to the show for the first time. And they want a podcast to listen to episodes about someone reviewing the episodes 
and also reliving my own memories and making new ones as I watch the shows, the episodes for the podcast. There is one other podcast, I believe, that is a, I believe, an Ears of All Ages podcast, and that is the What's This Full House. It is also a single host cast, which means it is just one person talking about the show. And the thing is, when I first started podcasting, I was worried, like, it's just going to be me. Can I do this? Can a, one person host a podcast by themselves? And yeah, I found out one person can do that and still make it a good show. So, so just a couple things, one of which right now we are covering Jesse's career letter journey. Excuse me, Jesse's musical career journey for June and July. And right now it's July, even though I'm recording this in the middle of May. <laughs> so come August, we're going to be doing, this is just a preview of what's to come. So not only in June are we doing Jesse's musical journey. We're also got a couple birthdays to celebrate from cast members. We got the Olsen twins. This is their final birthday tributed episodes. I'm covering the bicycle thief and <laughs> oh, no. now I'm blanking on uh, and Michelle a la carte for the Olsen twins birthdays. So you're going to get two episodes from the Jesse's musical journey career journey and then you're going to get the two Olsen twin birthday dedicated episodes July we're going to be wrapping up that segment in August we are going to slow things down with just a double feature for that month with the sisters double feature August has always been kind of reserved for that time because Sister's Day is celebrated in August. And for that episode, I'm covering from Season 7, The Prying Game, and Season 8's Claire in Present Danger. The first one centers on Stephanie and DJ. The second episode centers on Michelle and Stephanie. And of course, September, I'm not doing Bachelor's School. Pretty much ran out of episodes for that segment, for that series. So we're doing Best Friends series. We're going to cover... Season 2, Full House, Pale Joey, Season 3, Dr. Dare Rides Again, and Season 4, Good News, Bad News. In October, we'll be covering Jesse and Joey Duo Career Journey series with Jingle Hell, Working Mothers, IQ Man, Radio Days. November is going to be Joey's Comedy Career Journey with Season 2's, but no, Season 1's, but seriously, folks, Star Search, Joey Goes Hollywood, The Legend of Ranger Joe, and of course, wrapping up the podcast with the not-so-great of Season 8. I know, isn't that crazy that that's what I'm choosing to the last series to wrap up the show with DJ's Choice, Air Jesse, and Up on the Roof. And guys, this is, in my own opinion, these are just episodes I maybe only watched once in my life. Maybe twice. And then, of course, we wrap the finale of the Full House portion of the podcast with the two-part series finale. 
Michelle rides again, parts one and two. And then come January is where I'm going to be kicking off the rest of the Fuller House portion of the podcast. Yes, 2023 was basically about wrapping up the Full House portion. And in 2024, I'll be wrapping up Fuller House. Now, I'm not doing any series for that. I'm just going straight through seasons one through five. Basically, just all the episodes that I haven't gotten to. Now, once both shows are completed, that doesn't mean the podcast is necessarily going to come to an end. I have Full House Stephanie books. I have compilation mini episodes that I could do, like, top five best worst lists of characters, performances, situations, stuff like that. If you guys have any suggestions on any compilation topics that I should do, send me an email at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. If you guys have been listening for a while or you're just tuning in and you enjoy the podcast, as I've said, all podcasts need support, and the only support I ask is in form of an iTunes review. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. You can use emojis to describe episode titles. You can also hit me up with a trivia question from either show. I'll probably be able to... <laughs> I would honestly be able to do have more success with the trivia questions from Full House since I've seen the episodes so many times. In fact, now that I think about it, since the Full House portion is coming to an end, I think I should do a trivia questionnaire with a question from each season of the show. So, eight questions... Well, seasons one through eight. I think that would be really, really fun. Um, I do, and I, I'm not spoiling it now, but I have a little surprise when it comes to when I finish the episode, the series finale, Michelle Rides Again, parts one and two. I'm not going to tell you what that surprise is, but um, yeah. All right. Let's see if there's any reviews for Road to Tokyo. And there are. Okay, there are none. So, let's jump into this adorable cold open. The beautiful, sweet nugget of extra footage that we get before the episode kicks off. Now, sometimes the cold open can be related to the episode itself, but a lot of times, like 7 out of 10 times, it really isn't related. It's just its own little thing. Own little crumb of cookie goodness. So we see Nikki and Alex on the floor of Michelle and Stephanie's room and they're playing with some toys on the floor. Oh, she's give Michelle is giving away stuff of hers that's broken. <sighs> oh, and Stephanie's just hanging out. Oh, that's right. Stephanie has inherited DJ's old old bed. And there's also the desk and chair. There's also the San Francisco 49ers wastebasket. Right, because this room has not had a makeover yet. This is early. This is episode three of season six. 
She gives one of the boys a Barbie doll sand shirt missing an arm. And that is just, I don't know how I feel about that. She's also giving him a stuffed animal that Comet bit the head off of. Oh my goodness. And a broken slinky. And Stephanie says, oh, that's very generous of you, Michelle. Why don't you give Nikki and Alex something that isn't broken? Stephanie is reading a copy of Teen World, which I'm sure is not a real magazine. And Michelle's reasoning for this is why. Babies will play with anything. And Stephanie says, really? Oh, well, here. You want my old watch? She says, well, the hour hand fell off. It only tells minutes now. Then throw it in the trash. Why are you giving her junk? But then again, why is Michelle doing that to Nikki and Alex? Michelle says, oh, cool, thanks. Uh-huh. Babies will play with anything? Well, apparently so do six-year-olds. <laughs> like how she goes over to Nikki and Alex and says, look what I got. Stephanie hops back up on her bed and says, oh, yeah, Christmas shopping for these three will be easy. The twin in the white shirt takes the watch from Michelle and looks at it. <laughs> That's a cold open. That was cute and adorable. I liked that. More good stuff. You can have Bobo. Mama needs his head off. You can have this, too. It doesn't point anymore. Very generous. Michelle, why don't you mm -hmm. give Nikki and Alex something that's not broken? Why? Babies will play with anything. <laughs> really? Want my old watch? The hour hand fell off. It only tells minutes now. <laughs> oh, cool. Thanks. <laughs> Look what I got. Christmas shopping for these three should be easy. <laughs> you know, when I, I was thinking when somebody said, Hey, Michelle, why don't you give them something that's not broken? I would have thought, like, Michelle would have went over to the other side of Stephanie's bed and grabbed Mr. Bear. Like, here you go, you can play with this. Now, that would have been interesting to see Stephanie's reaction. Alright, so we come out of the intro, and Danny is wiping down the kitchen table with a rag and a spray bottle. And Joey comes in with a couple of cloth tote bags. That's pretty much how they get through when they bring their groceries in, they bring them in the cloth bags. All about uh, saving the earth and recycling, basically. The first thing that Danny pulls out of one of these cloth totes is a small little cup full of broccoli. Oh, excuse me, no, Brussels sprouts. And Danny says, nobody in this family likes Brussels sprouts. Why did you buy these? And the reason that Joey bought those is because he felt sorry for them. You know, he was watching everyone go for the carrots and the corn and the Brussels sprouts just sitting there lonely on a shelf. <laughs> the audience is like, ah! <laughs> and Danny says, you know, Joey, they're vegetables. They don't have feelings like you and me. And Joey tells Danny, how do you know? Have you ever been a Brussels sprout? No? Okay. And Danny's like, you love this, don't you, Joey? You're deliberately starting an argument with me just because you want to get a rise out of me. It's like, Danny, come on now. It doesn't take much to get a rise out of you. Uh, and Joey's like, uh-huh, and I did. And Danny says, no, you didn't. Like, yeah, he did. We all see it. 
So here comes Steve and Kimmy and DJ following behind them. As Steve says, Steve says, nourishment. And Kimmy says, eats. Danny says, locust. They start rooting through the bags like they just, they bought this stuff. It's like, you didn't, you, I don't care if you're DJ's boyfriend and DJ's best friend. You, I mean, I get it. Kimmy's been around since season one. It's like, you don't go rooting through someone's groceries, start like pulling stuff out that you want to eat. Yeah, he's got, Steve pulls out a box of crackers and a can of cheese Whiz. Ugh, since the Brussels sprouts are on the table, DJ says, ugh, gross, Brussels sprouts. Joey rips them out of her hand, gives her the side eye, and says, kids can be so cruel. I swear Joey's, like, gonna take that container of Brussels sprouts and, like, treat it like a baby and, like, tuck it in a bed and give it a bath and everything. It's like, okay, Joey, now you're going a little too far. Oh, no, no, no! <laughs> DJ pulls out the can of cheese and says, oh, here, Steve, look, your favorite. And he's like, cool, I got my can of cheese, I got my girl, <laughs> what else do I need? And Danny holds up a box of crackers, like, crackers? <laughs> this is so cute. Oh, Kimmy wishes she had that. Oh, worst outfit of the episode is already dinging in my mind. Kimmy's crocheted. It's like a, it's like a, I think it's a sweat. It's like a crocheted sweater. It's just the ugliest thing in the world. Steve says, kicking. And he takes the box and he kissed DJ, DJ goodbye. Like, all right, I gotta, I gotta fuel up on my way to wrestling practice. I gotta eat this whole thing. I imagine at some point he's just gonna take the can of cheese whiz and just, just spray it into his mouth and shove a handful of crackers into his mouth. I can only imagine that Steve's car is gonna be really dirty. I just, food wrappers all over the place. Hey, Danny, give me a hand with this, would you? Sure. Oh, thanks. Joey. Why did you buy these? Nobody likes Brussels sprouts. I felt sorry for them. <laughs> Sitting there all alone on the shelf, watching everyone go for the carrots and the corn. <laughs> Joey, you know they're vegetables. They don't have feelings like you and me. <laughs> How do you know? Have you ever been a Brussels sprout? <laughs> you love this, don't you? You're deliberately starting an argument with me just to drive me crazy. Mm-hmm. And I did. No, you did. Yes, I did. You're not going to do it again? I just did. I did. I certainly did. Nourishment. Eats. Locusts. Brussels sprouts. Yuck. Kids can be so cruel. Hey, Steve, look. Your favorite. All right. I got my girl. I got my can of cheese. What else do I need? Cracker. Uh, kitchen. Bye. 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 So Danny asks Deej how school is going. Like, how's school going, honey? And Kimmy says, oh, yeah, funny you should ask. And Danny turns and says, I meant the other, honey. That is, honestly, she is a shoo-in for the school paper. She's had so much experience in junior high writing, and she was even the editor of the school newspaper in her school. I don't see why she wouldn't be a dead ringer for that. So she's getting a, a, a shot. That's great. And Danny says, that's great. Keeping up the Tanner tradition of journalism excellence. Who is a journalist? I get it. He was a sportscaster. Now he's a talk show host. But does he have a 
side degree in journalism? Unless maybe, well, he said Tanner, so maybe that could very well be, like, I don't know. I don't know. And the thing is, we don't know anything about Pam, whether she went to college after high school, because we know that Danny and she got married around 19, because, you know, he was basically a teen parent with DJ. So I'm just wondering if Pam ever went to college, and if she did, what were her aspirations? What did she want to get a degree in? I'm See, there are so many holes, so many things we don't know about Pam Tanner. I really... I don't know, part of me honestly wouldn't mind if they did something like a prequel series with, like, young Danny and Jesse and Pam and maybe Joey. I just, I want to know more about Pam Tanner. I really wish we could have explored that a little more in Fuller House. Danny says she's been nominated for class president by the Party Hardy Party. And Danny says that's great, too, keeping up the Gibbler tradition of public humiliation. Public embarrassment. He, and she says, oh, I'm a serious candidate. Listen to my campaign speech. And she's got an umbrella that's got, like, the swirly yellow, like it's supposed to hypnotize you. And she says, you will vote for Gib Gibbler. You will vote for Gibbler. And Danny's like, Kimmy, come on now. That is not going to work on work on somebody with half a brain. And Joey's like, <laughs> has this hypnotized look like, I will vote for Gibbler. I will vote for Gibbler. Danny asks, Kimmy, you really think it's going to work with on someone with half a brain? Well, apparently it's working on Joey, although he's joking. That is a f statement I could have done the without for the rest of my life. Because Kimmy says, oh, make fun. My mom uses this on, my dad uses this on my mom when he wants his back shaved. That is disgusting, and I'm going to gag. Ugh! Yeah. Blah, I don't need to know that. Even Danny curls a lip in disgust. And DJ says, hey, Kimmy. I would leave that out of your campaign speech. No one needs to hear that twice. No one needs to hear it once. So, how's school going, honey? Funny you should ask. I meant the other honey. <laughs> well, I'm trying out for this school paper. They're letting me write an editorial. That's great. Keeping up the Tanner tradition of journalistic excellence. Well, I've been nominated for class president by the Party Hardy Party. <laughs> That's great, too. Keeping up the Gibbler tradition of public embarrassment. Hey, I'm a serious candidate. Here, listen to my campaign speech. You will vote for Gibbler. You will vote for Gibbler. Kimmy, you really think that's going to work on anybody with half a brain? I will vote for Gibbler. I will vote for Gibbler. I will vote for Gibbler. Go ahead, make fun. But this really works. My dad uses this on my mom when he wants his back shaved. Kimmy, I would leave that part out of your speech. Oh, my goodness. Um, this is something that I experienced when I uh, lived with my aunt and uncle. My cousins, whenever the phone would ring, it was like a race to answer it. Or the same thing when, like, you're walking. I would be walking with, out of the out of a grocery store with them, and the kids would take off for the parking lot to get to the car because someone called the front seat. I 
really hope that neither of those... But then again, the phone thing, I can't see that being a thing anymore because pretty much everyone's got a cell phone. What is the kid going to race? They're like, oh my gosh, mom's cell phone's going off. Let me grab it and answer it and find out who it is. No, no. This is a thing that does not exist. I just, I don't understand the appeal. Even as a, when I was a kid, it's not like I raced to answer the, like, I gotta beat someone out to answer the phone. Like, it's a race to the finish line. Like, it's gonna be on the other end of the line. We won't know until we pick it up because we don't have color ID. Michelle runs from downstairs into the kitchen. Stephanie runs from the living room into the kitchen. And, of course, it's a cordless phone. Why is this a thing? Michelle says, you got it last time. Answer the phone, Michelle. They're waiting. It's not like the answering machine's picking it up. And why wouldn't they? They are literally, oh, my gosh. Let's, let's count the phones. We got one in the kitchen. We got one in the living room. We got one in DJ's room, one in Stephanie's room, Joey's room, Jesse and Becky's room. Am I missing anything? I don't think I am. Probably know Danny could have a phone in his room. So there's like seven or eight phones in that house. So Michelle picks up the phone finally. And she says, Tanner Residence. Okay, I'll see if he's in. Why are they calling this number and not Jesse's number? You think, especially if it's... You know, his agent through Fat Fish Music, they would want Jesse's direct line so they don't have to go through umpteen other people. Michelle screams Jesse's name at the top of her lungs, and somehow he is still able to hear it from way upstairs, two floors up in the attic. Yeah, as Stephanie's eardrums burst because she is standing like a foot away from Michelle. Get away from the volcano, it's about to erupt. You want to ask before you call for the person, like, oh, you want to speak to who? Okay, uh, I'm going to ask who's calling. Okay, great, hold on a sec. Because she didn't cover the mouthpiece, so you know that person heard that loud scream. Okay, hold on, Steph. She says that could have been Randy Richardson. And I'm like, there is a phone in your room. Why? Yeah, and why? I don't understand. Where did you come from? The front yard? Oh my goodness. There are seven phones in this house. And uh, do they, they can't all possibly have the same number. Second cutest boy in her whole class. Granted, yes, he's the third dumbest, but who cares? that evens out. The second cutest boy, he's the third dumbest, but it evens out because he's cute. You know, he's got that 90s parted hair. When she said Randy, I immediately thought of Randy Taylor. Because <laughs> at this time, what other Randy was there on television? None that I could think of. I don't know, can you see Stephanie Tanner and Rand? Stephanie Tanner and Randy Taylor. I don't know. Apparently, overall, it kind of works because, you know, he's the second cutest. He's on my boy wish list. He's the third. She's got a whole, she's got a whole thing planned out. It's always good to have a backup crush because you never know. 
The moment you speak to them, it's like, uh, that crush kind of loses something. <laughs> oh, we don't have anything in common. Oh, you're dead. Okay, cross your name out and go to the next one on the list. So, Jesse comes in from the living room into the kitchen. He's like, hey, Shorty, who's on the phone? So, he asks Michelle, like, who's on the phone, Michelle? And she says it's Fatfish music. And Jesse's like, oh, yeah, they're probably calling to tell me my song's off the charts. Like, I didn't read that in Billboard magazine just last week. You know what? Tell them you're my secretary and take a message. He can barely say the word secretary. <laughs> I'm the secretary. What's a message? Yeah, she says, hold on, I'll tell him. I would like, if I were to have, like, well, if he's there, let me speak to him. So she puts the phone down against her shoulder and says, they say your song's number one. And Jesse can't believe, she's like, what, no, wait a minute, no, I read in that Billboard magazine, it was 99, it can't be number one, how could that happen? So, of course... He's like, here, let me talk to him. That doesn't make any sense. And she's like, sorry, I'm the secretary. So, Michelle, stop. Give him the phone. Go help your dad put the groceries away. So he chases her around the kitchen table. It's like, Michelle, come on. You're, like, six years old. Let's, yeah. And he says, go take a lunch break. And she's like, I'm just doing my job. <laughs> By that time, the person is hung up. Like, you know, I don't have time. I have other people to call. People that are successful in the U.S. <laughs> So, he's on the phone for half a second. He's like, what? You're kidding. Oh, my gosh. Puts, see, at least he puts a hand over the mouthpiece when he turns his head and shouts for Becky. Michelle didn't do that. And he's like, and he gets back on the phone. Like, oh, wow, yeah, that's great news. Stops, puts a hand on the mouthpiece, turns his head, and screams for Becky again. I'm like, fi finish your call and then shout for your wife. Because this guy has been now on the phone for probably five or ten minutes longer than he necessarily really wants or needs to. Terry's like, oh, I was going to go on my break at five. Oh. Odds are now, if this took place now, he would have just gotten a text about it. <laughs> or something to that effect. Like, no one calls anyone anymore. <laughs> And that is a sad fact. It just feels like everything now is like if you're talking to someone, you're just responding in text. There's a meme where someone is like texting, are you busy? And the person says no. And automatically the next thing, the phone rings. They're just like, oh, <laughs> we're in 2023. No one calls anyone anymore. And Jesse says, yeah, that'll be perfect. I'll be right there. And then he turns and screams Becky's name and she's, both Stephanie and Becky are just getting, the, like, their eardrums just eviscerated. She'll be having that ringing in her ears for days to come. And Becky's like, uh, uh. <sighs> I really like that eardrum. <laughs> yes, dear, what's up? I like how Jesse, he tells them, you guys aren't going to believe this. My song is number one. Beep, beep, beep. In Japan! <laughs> I love the reveal! It's like, no, it's not in the U.S. <laughs> so, he says that they want Jesse and the family to go do a, he says, a TV show in two weeks. And I'm like, did I just hear the, a TV show? 
TV show, me, you, Nikki, and Alex, because, you know, the babies were in the... And they'll be like, wait a minute, those aren't the babies from the video. Those babies have long hair. The ones in the video were bald. It just shows how much time it's... I mean, yes, they did swap out actors for Nikki and Alex. Like, no way in the course of six weeks did those babies go from no hair to shoulder-length hair. There is literally no way. So, yeah, I mean, it's for two weeks. I mean... It's not like, the way that Michelle reacts is how she practically reacts when Jesse is just married Becky and he's going to move into her place. It's two weeks, girl. He's coming back, I promise you. Because she's like, excuse me, you're going away? Okay, I get, we don't know what happened in between Full House and Fuller House, that span of time, where Michelle at one point either went off to college or went off to New York to become a fashion designer. We don't know. But did she leave the house before Jesse and Becky finally moved out with the two? I mean, part of me wonders, like, were Nikki and Alex, like, in college by the time Jesse and Becky? Because in Full House, Fuller House, everyone that day is moving out. Danny's moving out, Jesse and Becky are moving out, Joey is headlining in Vegas somewhere. So at some point, the family did slowly break apart and move on with their lives. Even DJ wasn't living in Danny's house prior to when she was married to Tommy Sr. And Steph was all, you know, traveling the world as a DJ. So... At some point, the family realized we all have different dreams but we all have this house we can come back to whenever we want. Wow, that is fast. I don't know what day that day that he received the news, but she's like, yeah, we all leave Saturday. I'm thinking, um, she would have to make a rain. Well, she even asked Danny, I'm like, Danny, can you cover for me? I'm like, well, A, he's not your manager. He's just your coworker. You probably might want to clear that with your boss. And just make sure, like, hey, I'm up for vacation time. I know it's last minute. I need to be with my husband in Tokyo and support him. You know she's got vacay time. I mean, two weeks probably. I mean, she's been on that show for four years at this point. <laughs> I mentioned, I mean, doesn't the show sometimes, like, go into reruns, like, during the summer or something like that? where And they're kind of off on hiatus and stuff. I mean... It's a talk show, so I don't know if that's, like, how a TV show runs from, like, September or October to May. And then, again, in the, you know, they have the summer off. Yeah, she even asked Daniel, like, hey, do you think you'd cover for me on the show? I'm thinking, I don't think he's the one to ask that question. And then again, he's cool. Oh, oh yeah, he's probably thinking, yay, just me on my show, talking about myself. And, you know, he's going to talk like nobody's business constantly. It's a one-man show, the Danny Tanner show. Wake up with Danny Tanner in San Francisco. Danny says, oh, if anyone can talk for two, I'm your man. <laughs> like, yeah, we know. We know you can talk for two. You can talk for a whole family. And she is so excited. Like, oh, we're going to Tokyo. Oh, Michelle. You got umpteen other people in that house. Joey, your father, for one, who it seems like you hardly give any attention to. But then again, that's just the relationship of 
Jesse and Michelle. Everyone else in that family is invisible except for Jesse. She will not have any substitutes. I would have been like, yes, honey, I am. But guess what? I'm coming back. It's two weeks. I think he were moving there the way she's reacting. Okay, you gotta, no, don't start with these promises. I promise I'll write every day. Why does everyone say that? I'll write every day. No, you won't. No, you won't. And who wants to hear what you're going to write every day? Yeah, he may write every day, in quotes, but you're not getting a letter every single day. Like, let me write every day for a week, mail it at the end of the week, and... Since we're in Tokyo, it's probably going to take some time. So by the time you get these letters, I'll already have been back for like a month. And by then, I mean, he'll have told his time uh, in Tokyo and how it was. Like, oh, hey, here's these letters that you wrote me for the two weeks you were there. Oh, yeah, I already, already know that. Oh, yeah, yep, you told me about that. No, okay, in the trash they go. <laughs> and Jesse says, Okay, I'll call. No, you won't. Honestly, it'd probably be cheaper just to write. <laughs> and he says, all right, I'll bring presents. I'll bring presents. And she is like, have a nice trip. Really? See, that's the key to a kid's heart. You get them gifts if you go away. It's like, did you bring me? You went to Tokyo and you didn't bring me anything back? Not even. Oh. He hugs him and says, have a nice trip. my secretary and take a message for me, okay? I'm secretary. What's the message? Hold on. I'll tell him. Your song's number one. What? That's impossible. Last week I was 99. Here, let me talk to him. Sorry, I'm the secretary. Hey! Take a lunch. I'm just doing my job. Talk to me. You're kidding. Really? Becky! That's great news, yeah. Thank Becky! Oh, yeah, that'll be perfect. I'll be there. Great, thanks. Becky! <laughs> yes, dear? You guys aren't going to believe this. My song is number one in Japan. Honey, that's hey, great! Yeah, they want us to go to do a TV show there for two weeks. You, Nikki, and Alex get to come. We all leave Saturday. Oh, God, Jess, this is so exciting. Danny, do you think that you could cover for me on the show? Oh, ain't no problem. If anybody can talk for two, I'm your man. <laughs> hey, we're going to Tokyo! Ah! Excuse me, you're going away? Uh, Shorty, listen, it'll only be for two weeks, and I promise I'll write every single day. Okay, I'll call. All right, I'll bring presents. Have a nice trip. All right, so we see a plane taking off, and now we are in Tokyo. We see Jesse's 
dressing room. It's got a banner that says, Welcome, Jesse. And we got a lot of fans here. Some are wearing Jesse in the Ripper shirts with his sh with his picture on the front of it. And he's just, he's signing autographs. And we have, uh, who we'll meet in just a second. This is Koji. He is in charge of not just him, but also Nancy. They are both in charge of making sure Jesse's dressing room is taken care of, his schedule while he's there with Jesse and the Rippers. Just so many things. Koji right now is dumping salted peanuts into a bowl. That is going to be a thing that is going to come up in just a moment. I honestly like that they were able to accommodate not just Jesse, but also his wife and two toddler sons. Just think about it, that's probably the first time those boys, well, I would guess that may be the first time they'd been on a plane, especially a plane going from, like, the U.S. out of, out to, like, out of the U.S. I don't know how long that plane ride was, but... Crying, but uh, I just, uh, I feel for, the, you know, especially if they'd never been on one before. But part of me thinks, you know, I'm sure Becky must have taken the boys home to Nebraska to see, you know, um, her parents. It's not like they're going to make the drive from California to Nebraska. So he's like, oh, wait, wait. Jesse says, wait, wait, wait. Hey, Koji, how do you say thank you in Japanese? And... Koji says, Domo, and Jesse says, okay, Domo, and everyone goes wild for it. <laughs> I like it's not just the girls who are fangirling, but we also can have guys there, which is really, really cool. Okay, I, well, they might like Alice, I don't know, but he's like, oh, wait, 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 watch this. Domo very much. <laughs> he could say anything and they would love it. Because it's coming from him. And he is a big pop star. Here comes Becky with the boys. And Jesse's like, oh, here's my wife and my two sons. And they're like, oh! You're having her take those kids into a mob scene, practically, in your in your dressing room? Uh, um, <laughs> I wouldn't. I would have waited until... It's like, okay, autograph time is over. We'll set aside another time where he'll be at a table and you can get autographs then. This is, to me, this would be overwhelming. Like, this room is only so big and there's, like, at least 15 people here. And that's not including Jesse, Koji, Becky, and the twins. We get a lot of Karate Kid um, name drops in this. As he says, Karate Kids, Karate Kids. And Becky can't, she's like, wow, I can't believe all these people. Well, I'm like, well, they did just fly you all out there for a concert because his song is somehow number one. And he's like, hey, Becky, look at this. These two girls, they got my face on their shirt. <laughs> I'm a t-shirt. And she's like, yes, you are. Wow. How do you say thanks again? Domo. Domo. Hold on, hold on, hold on, I got another one. Domo very much. 
this out, Beck. I'm a t-shirt. <laughs> you are. <laughs> okay, thank you guys. Domo. Nice to see you. Domo. Fun show. Domo. Okay, thank you. Oh, thank you. All right. Okay, you win. <laughs> yeah, everyone, just as Becky's coming, she's like, coming through. Watch the children. It's like, there. it's a big mob scene. I would have, like, maybe go hang out at the hotel until this whole scene is over. Because trying to make your way through... This is going to be, I can imagine this would be really, for, for the boys to be like, not to mention, I'm thinking now during that concert, with the boy, someone's got to be watching the boys, probably Nancy. No, I don't think it's Nancy, because she's at the concert with Koji. Yeah, she's coming through, she's like, coming through, watch the children. A second there, I thought one of the fans had, like, put a hand on one of the boys' heads and struck their hair, but no, that was just Jesse. I was going to say, if it was one of the fans, I'd be worried. Honestly, the, Nikki and Alex are really well-behaved here. They're not crying. They're not upset. They're just like, hmm, what, who are all these people? Yeah, I guess those people were there just for the rehearsal. Wow. And I love how Jesse's just soaking this all in. It's like, he doesn't get this in the U.S. So he's got to take the stardom where he can find it. And apparently it's in Tokyo. So cool. And Becky's like, no, I mean, they worship you here. Look at all these flowers and balloons. I mean, your dressing room here is just stock full of stuff. This dressing room is really nice looking. I really like it. Granted, yes, it's a set, but even still. There's even a cardboard cutout of Jesse with a white t-shirt, blue jeans, and holding a guitar. And then there's a black framed photo of Jesse wearing nothing but, you know, the leather vest. It's just basically from ch the pictures from Chess Level Up, and it's got a reddish, reddish hue. Almost like it was like a screenshot from, or a still from the music video. Jesse, yeah, he's like, oh my gosh, this place would have flowers, fruit baskets, cashews. Oh, as soon as he takes a bite, he's like, oh, oh, these are salted. So Koji picks up on this right away. He's like, oh, you prefer the unsalted. I can take care of that. And Jesse's like, no, no, Koji, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Jesse said, he's like, no, I can get him. It's no problem. And Jesse's like, oh, I mean, salt makes it, he says like spaz or expanse or it, it, like, motions to his head, like, what, it gives you a headache, or makes you out of sorts, who knows. Honestly, I don't think I've preferred unsalted anything. I would normally rather go salted. But if you had to go between salted, if you had to choose between salted or, say, honey roasted, honey roasted all the way. What? although, I mean... I see pistachios that have different flavors now. They're the ones that aren't in the shell. And there's honey roses. Like, that's kind of where I draw. That's, like, my limit. Like, mm, I just like pistachios as pistachios. I don't need them to add, like, some flavor of any kind. So, yeah, as soon as Koji opens the door, again, that mob scene is literally just waiting outside the door for Jesse. And he's got to try to make his way with a bowl, a glass bowl of salted cashews. So Jesse can't believe his luck. He's like, he went to get unsalted for me. Can you believe that? Ah, oh, 
I love being number one. Don't you love miss, being Mrs. Number One? And Becky says, well, I love you. I love that you're so happy. You're smiling all the time. You're smiling all the time. Which is honestly a change from where he's been in the last month or so, where he's just felt really rejected and dejected and depressed. So feeling even some sliver of success for Jesse, even if his song is number one over in Japan. So, uh, honestly better than nothing. And he's gonna soak it all up, and he's gonna just revel in this while he has it. Okay, so now we we'll meet Nancy. She is the coordinator for Jesse's tour, and just the she and Koji both are kind of uh, tag teaming this, where they're taking care of everything Jesse needs. Nancy's in star in charge of his schedule, which there is. So much. Which, I don't understand. You know, maybe they could have, like, mailed him a copy. I mean, we didn't have the really much of the internet. What well, we did have, it's not like they could have just text, like, sent a link, an email of his itinerary ahead of time. So that way he could be ready to roll. Because this is pretty much just, this is news to him. I'm sure he must have, in the back of his mind, known that there was going to be more than just a rehearsal for a concert. There's a lot more to it than that. So Nancy's like, Jesse, because she's even going to make it through the throng of the mob scene right outside the, the dressing room door. She's like, Jesse, I heard about the cashew situation. It's being handled, let me tell you. So, Jesse's like, oh, Nancy, it's okay. See, the, here, see, me and my wife. This is my wife, Becky. These are our boys, Nikki and Alex. They're sitting on the floor in kimonos. They look so adorable. I think this definitely could be my best outfit of the episode for the twins. It's just, oh, so cute. Okay, so Nancy does represent Fat Fish music in... Tokyo. Okay, so there's another division of, an international division of Fat Fish Me. I thought it was just a startup company with David Janelari. Like, it's just, it's a new company unless they just got a branch in the, in the U.S. And maybe they've been going for a while in, in Japan. But, she's a sweetheart. Her and Koji both are awesome. And Nancy assures her, like, Jesse, your snacks, I promise you, will be handled a lot better in the future. We're going to take special care of that. Koji's on top of it. I, I kind of like what she says here. She's like, you, it's like, Jesse, almost like, Jesse, you don't understand. You are a rock star, at least in Japan. You should be treated like one. Well... Yeah, I mean, in a way, but again, it just feels like we're going to see later as this goes on for like two weeks. His attitude changes. He's getting comfortable with like Koji at the snap of a finger, getting him whatever he needs, whenever he needs it. And it does start to slowly go to his head. And Becky is the one that has to kind of pull him back from like Jess, Jesse. We need to have a serious discussion here because something's going on. 
It's like those that say, oh, if I win the lottery, it's not going to change me. I'm going to stay the same person. It's like, well, you say that before you get the money. And then six months down the road, let's see where you, or a year later, let's see where you're at. Like, are you still the same person you were before you inherited that, or before you won that, like, hundred million dollars? I love this. Jesse says, <laughs> you hear that, Beck? I'm a rock star. Nancy says so. Okay, so he's got a schedule for this afternoon. It is fully... He's got barely even half a second to breathe. He's got some, like, back to back to back to back to back. If you thought it was just going to be the rehearsal and the concert, uh, no, 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 no. They paid to fly you out there. They're going to utilize you as much as humanly possible. Okay, I'm going to jump right into this right now because, yeah. Wow, she does not waste time. What has it been, a day? Maybe not even a day. She's like, Jess, I, I thought we were going to go uh, sightseeing. I have a photo sightseeing this afternoon. Um, Becky, <laughs> um, guys, we know season six finale, she pulls the same thing when they all go to Disney World. Yeah. What did she think? Like, oh, it's just a concert. He already had the rehearsal. We can go sightseeing this afternoon. But you understand. This is for work, right? But it's interesting because remember in season two's finale, Luck Be a Lady, when Jesse is like, oh my gosh, this weekend, Becky and I are going to have such a romantic time. And Danny has to remind Jesse, Jesse, Becky and, he, Becky and I are here for our job. It's like, anything you want to do outside of what you're supposed to do is put on the back burner. Your main job is to do what you've been hired to do and what's required of you. A photo session and an album signing he's got this afternoon. Oh, mm, wow. <laughs> the attitude. Oh, didn't my people tell you? It's like, Jesse, your people right there is Nancy. <laughs> You're being informed right now. <laughs> and Becky kind of raises an eyebrow like, uh, excuse me, your people? And Jesse says, yeah, I have people now. Is that cool or what? Here comes Koji with the unsalted cashews. He made it through the mob scene. He didn't drop a single unsalted cashew. Good for Koji. Just the way you like them. And now as soon as he doesn't even... Yeah, and Koji's like holding the bowl. Like, can you take this? Like, it's like he's presenting him with a present. Like, look, I braved a mob scene outside your dressing room to get you this glass bowl. It's a large bowl of unsalted cashews. But before Jesse even can take one, he doesn't even make the motion to take one. It's almost like a thought that's like, oh, yeah, um, hey, do you have, like, honey roasted? Because we got those on the plant. Becky, remember when they gave us those packets of honey roasted peanuts? Can, can we get those? And just, <laughs> poor Koji. <laughs> oh, my heart goes out to this guy. He is, he is trying so hard. 
he's like, I, I love the honey roasted. We got them on the plane. This makes me think of these either actors or musicians that have like a rider list, which is specific things that have to be done or they have to have in their dressing room or certain rules that they make up that have to be followed if they're going to like guest on a talk show. Like the dressing room has to be stocked with this special type of water or oh, I can only use these products because of this reason, and it just, oh, the person can't look at me directly when they're asking me questions, they have to turn their face away, just weird things that, ugh, you're making these people jump through hoops here, point where it's like, now you're just taking advantage of the situation, Koji says, honey roasted, no problem. <laughs> okay, I'll be right back. Give me... It's going to take me a minute. <laughs> I would have said, here, while I'm getting that, have these unsalted cashews that you specifically wanted that I braved a mob, eat them while I'm working on getting your honey roasted because I'm actually going to go to the store to get those now. Yeah, and he just, his face, Koji's face just falls like, <sighs> but, and Becky is the one who notices this. She's like, Jess, it's like, oh, like, you are kind of pushing the edge of the envelope here. It's like, and he looks at her just like, like, what, what, what is it? What's wrong? He's not faced by it. It's like, because now he has people at his beck and call. He can just ask for whatever he wants, and they will magically get it for him because he's milking this. Oh, I wouldn't say he's 100% milking it. I think he's just his... You couldn't have salt. He asked for unsalted. He comes back with unsalted. Now, all of a sudden, you don't even touch the unsalted cashews. You want honey roasted. I'm like, you know what, Jess? Have the unsalted. I'm sure they will give you Honey roasted on the plane. But, I, I mean, this is what, 1990? This is 92. You could bring something on the plane back then. I'm sure you could bring something. I mean, it's not like today where you're... feels like, well, if you're going through security, you can't have food or drink. I remember this one time I made a mistake, and I had my bottle of pop with me, and, like, you can drink it here, or we can take it and throw it out. And I'm like, I'll just throw it out. I was not going to stand there and drink a 20 ounce in the course of a minute to get rid of it. So I was like, no, once you go through security and all that stuff, then you get your stuff that you can take on the plane with you. It's extremely expensive. Like, if you want a Snickers bar, it's like five plus dollars. It's, it is beyond ridiculous what they charge for stuff. Uh, uh. There's like a, a little zipper like pocket wallet thing that had uh, Michigan on it. And it cost like $16. I didn't realize that until after I looked at the receipt. I'm like, oh wow. <laughs> I definitely actually really didn't need it. But meh. Yeah, well the way that Becky just says, Jess, and he turns like, what? 
And even even um, Nancy looks at her. They both turn up and Becky's like, forget it. Wow, they haven't even been there for a day, it feels like, and already she's noticing these little changes. And Jesse's, like, having fun, like, oh, my gosh, watch out, Koji! As he opens the door, and there's just this mob of people. He's got to brave the mob when the unsalted. Just, I would have left the unsalted here. Like, I'm leaving these here. This is what you wanted. Have it while I go and get the other stuff. I wouldn't even have taken the bowl back. It's like, hey, here's, like, a canister of planters, honey roasted. They also have it where it's honey roasted, but you also get, like, almonds, pecans, and it's not just the regular um, peanuts and stuff. They also have, you know, cashews and stuff. A lot of different planters, you know, honey roasted stuff. Poor man. Jesse's like, <laughs> I love it when they do that. Uh so Becky's like, look, Jess, honey, I gotta get the boys home uh, back to the hotel for a nap. What about uh, tomorrow afternoon? Do you think you, we could go see Mount Fuji? Be Becky, this is a work trip. Work trip. Fetfish is paying for him. They paid for all of you to fly. They paid for your hotel. He is. He's. He's. He's not. They're not paying for you to have a vacation. This is work. Nancy actually fields this one. She's like, I don't think so. We've actually got Jesse booked up for the rest of your visit. So she hands Jesse the itinerary, and he's going through it, just like all the things that's required of him. Photo ops, record signings. There's also, he's christening a bullet train. That is that the thing where uh, you, like, smash, like, a bottle of champagne against the thing? There's also, this is a picture of Jesse, I swear, from season four, when he was doing the, um, he was trying to change his image to, like, hard rock or heavy metal or something. There's a poster of that, still from that episode. No, Becky, there is not anything in that schedule that says time with family. There's nothing. Nothing in that that says that. He's like, well, I don't see anything, but hey, we can stay a few extra days. That's not a big deal. Yes, on your own dime, they're paying up to the point that they need you, and then they're sending you back. Not to mention, they probably already got your return ticket ready to go. You really think that they're going to be able to just go and extend it like that would be on you to have to pay for anything extra outside of what they won't cover no 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 you're not gonna yeah and she's like honey i can't stay a few extra days i gotta get back to work i was only approved for the amount of time for this trip and especially because it's like well honey i'm the main breadwinner i kind of need to get back to my job to keep making money Traditional Japanese tours. Oh, hey, do you guys have an Elvis museum? Oh, and the look on Nancy's face when he asks if there's an Elvis museum. She's like, mm, I don't think so. Yes, do you have an Elvis museum here in Tokyo? And she's like trying to rack her brain like, I don't think so. He's not going to be angry if you tell him no. There's nothing you can do about that. 
And the boy, yeah, she, and then she's saying also the boys, they miss their family, you know, they, they, they miss their, uh, real toys and their, you know, food. And Jesse's like, oh, boys, what, you don't like sushi? Don't give them that. Don't give them that. Still little kids that are developing their own palates, I wouldn't be feeding them that stuff. Unless they like it. I mean, if they like it, I mean, good for them. So, Nancy Lee, Jess, we gotta get moving. He's like, oh, okay, Nancy. Uh, can't keep the fans waiting. Sorry, honey. This is her goodbye leaves. And she's like, blah, 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 blah. It's like, we don't have time to have a conversation. If you want, at 2 a.m., I'll wake you up and we can have this conversation then. But I gotta go. They say time is money. Hey, honey, I'm on the clock. I gotta go. She said, well, what about dinner? He's like, I'll grab something on the way. I'm sure there's a McDonald's over here. <laughs> oh, he says, I'll catch something on the flight. Where? Where does he have to fly to? He says, oh, thanks for thinking of me, babe. Jesse is like, oh, he is so thrilled to try to make a run through that mob again. Like ripping at his clothes. She honestly should have just stayed home with the boys. I mean, what is she like? Oh, we're all gonna go. It's gonna be great. I can support you. We'll go spend time together. No. What is she? Must have just thought it was like the, a rehearsal in a concert, and then the rest of the time is family time. Like, no, that's for two weeks the trip is two weeks you're not just doing going over there to do a concert you're doing a lot more but boy does she pull the same thing when they go to disney world and again i just oh she should have just stayed home with the kids they would have been fine sure they would have noticed jesse missing but they had you know the rest of the family to keep them occupied and one of them said daddy go and she turns and says, I know, boys, I miss Daddy, too. And she sits on the couch and pulls them up from their toys. Pulls them up from the floor and saying, I need a hug. Give me a hug. There's like a stuffed Godzilla on the couch. I noticed that. I believe all these people showed up for the rehearsal. I know. They worship oh. you. I mean, look at all these flowers and balloons. I, know, I really love what they've done with this dress here. It's so... So me. Cozy, <laughs> we've been great. Thanks for everything. I mean, look at this place. We got, we got flowers and fruit baskets and cashews. Oh, these are salted. Oh, you prefer the unsalted? No problem. Oh, no, it's okay, Cozy. Oh, I can get them. No problem. Okay, thanks. Salt makes me expand. <laughs> Thank you. We like to get unsalted. Can you believe that? I love being number one. Don't you, don't you love being Mrs. Number One? Well, I love seeing you so happy. You're smiling all the time. I know. <laughs> Jesse, I heard about the cashew situation. Oh, it's okay. Um, listen, uh, uh, Nancy, this is my wife, Becky, and uh, these are our boys, Nikki and Alex. Becky, this is Nancy Shimada. She, she represents Fat Fish Records here in Japan. Hi, nice to meet you. I assure you, your snacks will be handled properly in the future. Oh, it's, it's cool. You are a rock star. You should be treated like one. Really? You're that back? <laughs> well, rock star. Nancy said so. <laughs> Jesse, here is your schedule for this afternoon. 
Well, Jess, I thought that we were going to go sightseeing this afternoon. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. I have a mm -hmm. photo session and uh, album signing. Can, didn't my people tell you? Your people? <laughs> yeah, I have people now. Is that cool or what? Honey roasted, because I love the honey roasted when I got them on the plane. Honey roasted? Yeah. No problem. Jess. What? Forget it. Watch out, Koji. Jess! I love it when they do that. Look, honey, I have to get the boys back to the hotel for a nap. Uh, what about tomorrow afternoon? Do you think we could go see Mount Fuji? I don't think so. We've got Jesse booked up for the rest of your visit. Jeez, photo ops, record signing. Oh, check this out, Beck. I'm christening a bullet train. Well, is there anything on this schedule that says time with family? No. Mm, I don't see anything. But listen, I, you know what we'll do? We'll stay an extra few days, and I promise we'll go see all the traditional Japanese touristy stuff, okay? You guys have an Elvis museum here in Tokyo? No, sweetie, I can't, I can't stay a few extra days. I have to get home and get back to work. You know, and the boys, they miss the family, their toys, their regular food. What's the matter, guys? Don't you like sushi? Oh, sushi. They love it. Jesse, we gotta get moving. Okay, can't keep the fans waiting, Beck. Well, See but, you, sweetie. Uh, honey, what, what about dinner? Oh, uh, I'll catch something on the flight. Thanks for thinking of me, babe. Really. Look out! Here I come! <laughs> I know, boys. I miss Daddy, too. Huh? Come here. Come here, my boys. Mommy needs a hug. Come here. Come here. You, Daddy. Come here. All right, so now we head back to the U.S., to San Francisco, to the Tanner house, and Danny and Joey are heading down the stairs into the living room, and Danny, I don't know what, is this supposed to be a side plot exactly? It's all about Danny complaining to Joey about him, Joey trying to pull him into another argument for the sake of, Joey's always, I mean, it's so easy to get Danny frazzled. Okay, so, <laughs> Joey says, Danny, look, it's just a theory, okay? There's only so much weight in the world. He says, if I lose five pounds, someone else has got to gain it. <sighs> I don't think that's a thing. And Danny asks Joey, why are you doing this to me? And Joey says, because the cable's out. So basically it's like, oh, TV doesn't work, I guess I'm going to annoy the person sitting in the same room because what else do I have to do? Granted, guys, this was before cell phones where you could, like, watch Netflix or whatever on your phone and you'd just be in your own little world on your phone and you wouldn't even be acknowledging the person that's sitting in the same room as you because you'd be, again, in your own little world. It's almost like, oh, we're going on a three-hour road trip. Oh, the radio doesn't work? You didn't bring any music? You don't have anything to plug your your phone in to listen to music? Ugh, I don't have any books. I guess, you know, I'm just, we're going to annoy the heck out of each other. Just 
I'm going to pester you with questions about anything and everything for the next three hours. It's, it's just, it's something you, I guess you do because you don't have anything else to do. Like, oh, Danny's an easy target. I'll just bug him. <laughs> Danny, as DJ comes in, he says, Deej, please save me. Just tell me something intelligent. So, Danny asked Deej how the editorial is going for the newspaper, and DJ's honest. She's like, well, uh, I'll tell you, it's, it's not really going anywhere. I'm supposed to write my opinion on the class elections, and if I tell the truth and say what I really think, I lose my best friend. Joey asks, is Kimmy still running on the ignorance is bliss ticket? Like, people are just a bunch of sheep. They're all followers. So, DJ says, Joey, let me put it to you this way. If Kimmy wins for class president, all the guys with less than 8% body fat have to enter a torn t-shirt contest. Is this a campaign promise? What is this? <laughs> Did she promise the girl, all the ladies, like, hey, if you vote for me, I promise you, I'll make all the guys on the wrestling team Enter a torn t-shirt contest. This just makes me think, like, in high school, when they had the ballot for, like, oh, who's going to be prom queen? Who's going to be prom king? Who's going to be this? Who's going to be that? And then I just, I wouldn't even think about, it. like, I might go to school these people, as in I see them in the halls, but I don't have classes with them, therefore I don't really know them. Like, eh. Nah, just checking off boxes. I don't care. Same thing with it. What class elections in eighth grade, I remember, was ridiculous. I remember there was like one person who was running, can't remember their name, but there was a skit about and something about someone in a basement and then something about Marsha Brady or the Brady Bunch, and the person next to me is all like, that didn't make any sense. It's like, no, they're popular. It doesn't have to make sense. As long as they have a following, people will vote for them. That's the thing. Popular people, I mean, they just felt like they could get away with saying and doing whatever they wanted because they had a following. Nobody could touch them. Anyway, Kimmy is not in that category. And DJ's at a loss, like, I don't know what to do, Dad. What do I do? And he says, well, honey, all good journalists need to tell the truth. And sometimes telling the truth means hurting your friends or hurting someone close to you. Well, it's not like she's outright going to bash Kimmy. Like, oh, my gosh, she's my best friend. Don't vote for her. I know stuff about her. She's not going to slander Kimmy. She's probably... I mean, when you think of class president, I guess sometimes you want somebody who is a natural leader. Not, it's not, not always going to be someone who's, like, popular with a lot of followers, somebody. But then again, that can, kind of cancels it out because the popular people are the ones that do have the followers. They do have the influence versus someone who's a stickler for the rules and this and it just – I. I Again, I feel that whole class president thing, it's same thing with the prom court and homecoming. It's 
a popularity contest that will mean nothing once you graduate high school. Nobody cares. In 10 years, nobody's even going to remember who was class president, who was prom king and queen, who was the star quarterback. 10 years down the road, no. You're out of, you're out of college by that time. You're probably, you know, you got your own life. I'm rambling. I mean, you look back on it and you think that, yes, those times looking back like, oh, it's such an insignificant. But then when you're in the moment and living that time, it's like all or nothing. Like, oh, this is the worst day of my life. Everything is so extreme when you're a teenager. Everything is like the worst day or the best day or the most important day of your life. Until something else comes along and takes its place. Danny says, hey, look, maybe if you use big words, she won't understand. There's always that. I know what you're doing. You're just deliberately trying to drag me into another dumb argument. Danny, it's just a theory. There's only so much weight in the world. If I lose five pounds, someone else has got to gain it. (laughs) Why are you doing this to me? Because the cable's out. DJ, please, save me. Say something intelligent. How's your editorial going? Oh, it's not. I'm supposed to write my opinion of the class elections, but if I write what I really think, Kimmy's gonna hate me. Is she still running on the ignorance is bliss ticket? <laughs> Let me put it to you this way. If she wins, all the guys with less than 8% body fat have to enter a torn t-shirt contest. <laughs> what am I gonna do? Well, you know, a good journalist has to tell the truth. Even if it means hurting your friends. Maybe if you use big words, she won't understand it. Okay, so now we're up in Stephanie and Michelle's room. The phone is ringing. There's still this constant battle of racing to answer the phone. And I think, hey, it's the girl's room. Stephanie's older. She should be the one answering the phone. And she's just waiting on that call from Randy Taylor. Well, no, just Randy Richardson. And she says, no, this isn't Mario's. And then she hangs up and says, who would want a pizza with pineapple? See, this is back when you had to call the pizza place and place an order instead of using the app and having it delivered. When I've delivered, when when I've delivered, when I've ordered from Domino, Dom, I cannot talk. It's 1238 and I cannot talk. When I've ordered from Domino's, you guys know, if you order from Domino's and stuff, I really like how they have the setup where they have your order's been placed, they're making your order, they're putting it in the oven, now they're boxing your order up, now it's in a car and on your way, on the way to your home. I like that it's got that line of, like, red as it moves along in stages. I just think that it's so cool. When Stephanie hangs up the phone, she says, Michelle, that doesn't count. I get the next one because that was a crank call or something. Like, that one don't count. And, of course, Michelle's like, no, the next one could be Uncle Jesse. And I like how Stephanie is real with Michelle because Michelle's like, why hasn't he called? It's been, like, umpteen days. And Stephanie brings up a good point. Michelle, he's working over there. Okay, he's probably busy, as in, of course he is. Not to mention, 
I can't even begin to imagine how much it would cost to call from another country to the U.S. But then again, if that's the thing, wouldn't that be included in the package? Like, oh, guess what? Not only are we paying for all this stuff for you, you also get free long distance or calling out of the country. Again, if he, like, wrote letters to her, odds are she would probably wouldn't even receive them until after he got back. And by then she'd already know what happens. <laughs> Did the guy hang up before, before Stephanie says, well, she says, no, this isn't Mario's. Why would you want a pizza with pineapple? So did she say that to him, or after she said it isn't Mario's, did he, like, click and hang up? I'm just curious. I honestly kind of like Stephanie. She's wearing, like, a blue-green tealish shirt underneath a colorful, it's, like, different, or like, oranges and, like, grapefruit and just tropical coloring. I actually think it goes good. And then her, like, fuchsia headband is really cool, too. Oh, 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 we get the last How Rude, the final How Rude in Season 6. Whose guitar is that? It's not a huge guitar, but is this still from when, St uh, not Steph, Deej was learning guitar in, like, Season 1, then she dropped it? Yeah, when Stephanie says, that's not, Dad doesn't count, Michelle, I get the next one. And Michelle's like, no, the next one could be Uncle Jesse. I'm like, I'm like, well, okay, if it is, I'll talk to him first and then I'll give the phone to you. It's like, just because it's Uncle Jesse doesn't mean that you got dibs on the next phone call. Michelle sits at the table while Steph's doing her homework and asks, why doesn't he call us? And Stephanie tells her, Michelle, he's in Japan. He's probably busy. I'd be like, probably, most definitely. Oh my goodness, the questions. We got question Joey and question Michelle here. She says, how far is Japan? And Stephanie says, it's far, Michelle. Okay, trust me. Thousands and thousands. It's literally on the other side of the earth. And Michelle asks, well, how, how far is a mile? And Stephanie says, 5,280 5, feet is the equivalent of a mile. Wow, she must have just had that in the back of her mind, because, I mean, if someone asked me that, I'd be like, look it up. Go to Google, look it. You know what, speaking, let's find out for ourselves. Let's, let's see, how far is a mile? Let's see if Steph's right. Uh, one point, hold on, what? That's kilometers, I want it, meters? Millimeters? How far is it? Meters? No, that's not it. Oh my gosh. All these different the hectometers. Oh my. Mile. Feet. 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 300, 3.280. Ah, I don't know. I, I, I guess she's right. I'll give her that. Hey, she must have mastered those fractions. <laughs> Michelle, is, I think, is going to be in the running for worst outfit. This, this headband, it's just a regular thin black cloth headband with some... I, it's, I don't know what... It's just some, like, frilly little multicolored whatevers that match 
her shirt, because your shirt has, basically it's a picture of a farm. You got a blue sky, you got a red barn, you got a field of green, what have you. And each thing, well, it's not really a red barn kind of fusion. It matches the exact colors of her shirt. These little frills that are hanging down on the headband. And Michelle says, wow, that's a lot of feet. How many toes is it? And you just see, Stephanie is really losing her patience. She's like, Michelle, Japan is on the, all the way on the other side of the world. Okay. <laughs> Michelle gives attitude back saying, well, how am I going to get there? Anyway, Michelle, <laughs> I really don't care. Go outside, dig a hole, and then come out on the other side. And Michelle says, thank you, okay. Now, was that so hard? He says, I don't care. Dig a hole through the earth and come out on the other side. Please be ready. Hello? No, this isn't Mario's. Why would you want a pizza with pineapple? <laughs> How rude. <laughs> that doesn't count, Michelle. I get the next one. No, the next one can be Uncle Jesse. Why doesn't he call us? He's in Japan, Michelle. He's probably busy. How far is Japan? Far, Michelle. Thousands and thousands of miles. How far is a mile? 5,280 feet. Wow, that's a lot of feet. <laughs> How many toes is there? Michelle, Japan's all the way on the other side of the world. Well, then how am I going to get there? <laughs> I don't care. Dig a hole through the earth and come out on the other side. <laughs> oh, thank you. Now, that's so hard. <laughs> all right, so we're back in Japan, and it's time for the concert. Of course, Jesse is wearing the black leather vest, no shirt underneath. So, of course, before he sings forever, he's going to try a Beach Boys song in Japanese. So, <laughs> and Jesse points to Koji and says, Koji, cover me on those cue cards. And I, I definitely agree that, yeah, there should be between... There should be a barrier between the actual fans and concert goers. There should be a barrier between them and, you know, for safety's sake, for Nancy, Koji, and Becky. To Sakete Rhonda. Rhonda. So help me, Rhonda. Apparently, somebody had to. A concert goer. I don't know what was going on. Maybe they had a bathroom emergency, but they. Run through, they basically knock the cue cards out of Koji's hands, and the moment that Jesse looks to read the next cue card, he's just like, oh, oh no, oh, well, this isn't good. <laughs> Jesse's getting ready to sing the next verse, and he's like, uh oh. And both Nancy and Koji are trying to get the cue cards. None of them are numbered, by the way, so it's like, I don't know. Here's one. <laughs> like, I don't think 
think anyone cares because he just starts saying, singing random things. I always laughed at this as Jesse says, Koji, get the cards up. Japanese is not my second language. Darts like talking about, I'm guessing Japanese cards like Honda, Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi, I cannot even say Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi. Can't say it. Yoda! <laughs> Godzilla! Karate Kid Part 2! <laughs> Ronda Ronda! It's a beefy Ronda. <laughs> Becky is actually holding the cue cards at waist level. And finally, she's like, it's. Everyone loves it. It doesn't matter. You could say, look, he's saying anything. He's singing anything, and they love it. So like, it doesn't matter now. It's. Everyone's having a ball. Just just go with it. Of course, he does another Domo very much, Elvis. So, I mean, everyone's here for the song forever. No one cares about the opening song anyway. So, they're like, let's get it. Let's get to forever. Let's get to the forever song. Try this first song in your own language, okay? Koji, cover me on those cue cards. It's entitled Tusukete Randa. So now Jesse's going to get ready to sing forever. He says, this is for all the beautiful people in Japan for making this song number one. Let's keep it number one forever. Oh. All right, this is for all the beautiful people in Japan for making this song number one. Let's keep it number one forever. Tanner House, DJ, and Steve come in. Steve's like, Mr. Tanner, sir, you have to read DJ's editorial. It is pure poetry. So Danny reads it and says, 
And so today, when we vote for class president, we should put aside our friendship and vote for the intelligent choice. Oh, no, and make the intelligent, put aside our friendship and make the intelligent choice. And Joey's like, <laughs> so much for President Gibbler. And DJ says, so much for our friendship. Oh my goodness gracious sake. Kimmy is bacon and egg boxer shorts over red tights and her yellow top is everything. And this feels like a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, foreshadowing. Yes, it seems like this is foreshadowing the bacon and egg scarf of Fuller House. Because <laughs> Kimmy comes in, points a finger at DJ and says, DJ? She's not angry, but she's sternly pointing. Like she's going to discipline her friend. And just DJ just cringing like, Kimmy? Kimmy jumps off those two front steps and says, we did it! And she wraps DJ in a hug and Steve is just kind of like, uh, like cringing away like, don't touch me please. And Kimmy tells DJ, it was a Gibbler landslide and I owe it all to you. And DJ is like, this is news her, like, you do? And Kimmy tells her, it was your editorial. Everyone made the intelligent choice. The party hardy Gibbler crats have spoken. And Steve congratulates her and Kimmy's like, well, thanks. Now, are you going to honor my campaign promise? And Steve, since he's the captain of the wrestling team, is like, on behalf of the wrestling team, like, I'm their spokesperson, we don't do much. I thought it was a torn t-shirt contest. What, when did it become a mud wrestling thing? Was that after the torn t-shirts? I'm confused. So Steve kisses DJ on the cheek goodbye, and then he starts to head out, and Kimmy is, like, following, saying, well, well wait, Steve, what about hot oil? Guacamole? Jello? Ew! No, Kimmy! No one has got your weird taste. Mr. Tanner, you've got to read DJ's editorial. It's like pure poetry. <laughs> and so today, when we vote for class president, we must put aside our friendship and make the intelligent choice. <laughs> so much for President Gibbler. <laughs> so much for our friendship. DJ? Kimmy? We did it! It was a Gibbler landslide, and I owe it all to you. You do? It was your editorial. Everyone made the intelligent choice. The party-hardy Gibblecrats have spoken. Hey, congratulations, Kimmy. Thanks. So what about my campaign promise? Look, on behalf of the wrestling team, we don't do mud. Well, Steve, wait. What about hot oil? And jello? So we get back to the dressing room in Tokyo and Nancy and Becky have just made it back first. They made it through the throng of crazy fans hanging outside the dressing room. And Nancy actually lets Becky in on something that Jesse doesn't know. Becky is happy for She's like... What a great show. I mean, I don't think Jesse could be any happier unless he found out he was re if he found out he was related to Elvis. 
And Nancy says, well, he's going to be treated like a king because Fatfish wants him to tour Asia for the next year. Well, that took the smile right off Becky's face. She's like, a whole year? And Nancy is just smiling like, yes. And Becky says, yeah, wow, that, that is a big decision. And the fact that D uh, Becky says, well, and Jesse's really close to his family, especially his three nieces. I'd be like, well, what about you and Nikki and Alex? But I think she's just tying that to he's close to his family, you know, who live in the States and San Francisco. She says, and of course, there's my career. Like, yes, if Jesse took this, odds are she would be staying home with the kids and Jesse would be touring for, for a year. She says, well, we're going to have to sit down, as in Jesse and I will have to sit down and make this decision. Jesse could be any happier if he found out he was related to Elvis. <laughs> well, he's going to be treated like a king. Fatfish wants him to tour Asia for the next year. A whole year? <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a big decision. And Jesse is very close to his family, especially his three nieces. And, and then, of course, there's my career. So, well, we're, we're really going to have to sit down and talk about this. So Jesse comes in, he's wearing a silk robe, he's got an arm around Koji, Koji's necktie just hanging loose, <laughs> even Koji's suit jacket is, jacket is kind of pulled off his shoulders and his tie is just, <laughs> and Jesse's, Koji, they love you here. <laughs> And Jesse is like, you finally can take a breath. Like, wow, what a rush. And this is where Becky says, oh, Jess, uh, Nancy was just telling me, yeah, Nancy was just telling me that Fatfish wants you to tour the Pacific for the next year. And he's excited, I mean, to hear that. Wow, that is amazing. And he picks Becky up, spins her around. She's like, honey, don't you think we should? And Jesse says, celebrate? Absolutely. Koji, break out the good stuff. And Koji says, honey roasted, I gotcha. When he says, honey roasted, Jesse says, I love this guy. Kisses Jesse on the forehead. Turns out the press is right outside. And Nancy says, hey, Jess, the press is here. We could announce the big tour. Jesse's like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. But Becky's like, Jess, we have to talk. And Jesse says, Becky, we can't keep the press waiting. Let him in. This press is worse than the fans with, like, the cameras and the pictures all in his face. So, they got microphones, you know, uh, recorders in his face trying to get a sound bite. And Becky is just, she's not having it. She starts yelling in Japanese. And basically, out, 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 get out. Nancy is, like, hurrying them all out. When, you know, Nancy's putting up a face, like, I'll, I'll take care of it, don't worry, we'll take care of it. And Jesse kind of looks at Becky like, what is your problem? Like, you just kicked out the press. And Becky doesn't care. She's like, I don't care. I don't care. You just promised. You were just going to announce to everyone that you were going to tour Asia for the next year without even consulting me about it. Well, when he shuts the door, he's like, what has gotten on you? And, and, and when did you learn to shout in Japanese? Becky says, well, I've had a lot of time on my hands. And he, he tells, like, Becky, you just kicked out the press. And then she says, 
I don't care. You just agreed to tour Asia without even asking me how I felt about it. It's like, well, technically, you knew about it before he did. You dropped the bomb on him. He feels like this whole thing is just not going to his head. And he's like, oh, honey, it'll be fine. We're, we'll be having fun. We'll have fun. Just like we've been having fun. And Becky just unloads on Jesse. Oh, yeah, it's been a real blast having, quote, unquote, fun. Eating without you, sightseeing without you, kissing the kids goodnight without you. Yeah, she even says, yesterday, Nikki called the limo driver daddy son. And Jesse says, well, we do have the same kind of hairstyle. And she starts in on him saying, what is happening to your priorities? You're, it's like your family is way down on the list. And it just seems like this is such a cliche with these movies about the pop stars. And always the, the spouse or the whoever just like, your family's way down on the list. You don't even talk to us anymore. The only time we ever see you is on television. You know, it's it's the same kind of thing. And Jesse's like, oh, no, no, my family is number one. He's got a giant bottle of water. Like, my family is number one. And Becky kind of scoffs at him. She goes, oh, really? Well, hey, didn't you promise Michelle that you would write to her every day for two weeks? And he says, hey, so I missed a few days as he sipped some water. And she's like, yeah, try 13. And she also adds how you also said you'd call home on Wednesday. And he says, I will call home on Wednesday. She says, it's Friday. And he he says, like, the human calendar. Look, I'll have my people schedule it and I'll call her tomorrow. Yeah. And she can't believe her. She like, schedule it in to call your niece. Yeah. And she, she says, do you even hear yourself right now? What has happened to you? He's becoming, she's, from her end, she's probably, he's becoming selfish. He's so wrapped up in his, it's like, Becky, in a way I can understand, but the thing is, this is a job. This is what Fatfish is paying him money to promote this song and his music. That's why they signed him. They took him on. They did the song, made a video. Sure, it was okay for a little bit in the U.S., but it blew up over in Japan. And they got to ride this train. That's why they're like, hey, it, it's so solid. Let's let's keep this train going. Let's tour Asia for the next year. Let's milk it for all it's worth. Because you know what? Once they move on to somebody else, you're done. They won't care. You'll be yesterday's song. Ah, he says, oh, in case you haven't noticed, my dream is finally coming true. I'm like, your dream was to be a pop sensation or a one-hit wonder in another country other than the one you currently live in because you couldn't make it in the country that you live in? Sorry I'm being harsh on Jesse, but give me a break. But yeah, look at this place. Look how they treat me here. Banners and balloons, fruit baskets. This, this cuts to the core for Becky. He says, as he, you know, touches his heart, Becky, I've become a star. Why are you trying to ruin it for me? She, oh, I know I've said this. She should have stayed home with the boys. Let him do his thing. Maybe buy a couple souvenirs and come home. 
she did not need to go with him. Or she could have went with him and had the boys stay home. This was a work trip, just like it was in Florida. Just like for her, the Lake Tahoe thing and the Alibaba Hotel was a work trip for her in season two. She and Jesse weren't even married yet. They had only been dating for like six months. But he wanted her to be committed to him. He wanted her to focus all her time on him when she's there for a work trip. But the thing is, she does the same thing, but she does it twice. In the same season! At the beginning of season six and the end of it. Gosh, the way she acts like this, you think she's ready to file for divorce. She's like, that's it. I don't even know you anymore. She is overreacting. She's like, have a great time with your fruit baskets. They made too big of a deal out of this fake fruit basket, I'm telling you. I'm surprised she didn't just get a return ticket, like, after a week. Like, this is... The boys need to go home. They need stability. This is not working for them. Like, it just... She... Should've just stayed home. Yes, touring a year in Asia would have been hard. It would have been a stretch for he would have missed out on so much. But the musicians, the actors that go uh to film movies for six to eight months out of the year, they're gone. They don't see their significant others. They don't see their kids and everything like that. But they do it because that is the profession that they signed on to do. That is the sacrifices you make to be able to provide and, you know, hone your craft, I guess. Odds are, if he doesn't take it, odds are Fatfish is dropping him from, you know, why would they keep him? Like, you don't want to do this? Well, the thing is, if he signed a contract, I mean, can he just bow out of it? I mean, but then again, it's Jesse and the Rippers. So, honestly, they don't get a say. Exaggerating. My family is number one for me. Oh, really? 
Well, didn't you tell Michelle that you would write to her every day for the whole two weeks? That's fine. Just a few days. Try 13. And you said that you would call home on Wednesday. I will call home on Wednesday. It's Friday. The human calendar. <laughs> I'll, I'll just have my people schedule it in, and then I'll call her tomorrow. Schedule it in? Jesse, listen to yourself. What has happened to you? Well, in case you haven't noticed, my dream is finally coming true. I mean, look at this place. Uh, look how they treat me here. I, I have banners and balloons and, and fruit baskets. Look at these fruit baskets. Look, I've become a star. Why are you trying to ruin it for me? That's it. I don't even know you anymore. Have a great time with your fruit baskets. And I will. I love my fruit baskets. So, Jesse's sitting on the couch with the nectarines and the oranges and the pears and apparently Becky's a fan of pears which I'm not they I think I tried some once and it tasted like a dirty sock and I'm like never again Koji's there and he's bringing out the honey roasted and when he sees the pears and says Becky loves pears and he just leans back against the couch just kind of realizing all of this is just kind of hitting him like Maybe I am coming off as a a jerk and not giving my wife attention that she sorely needs from me and seeing my kids and everything. So Koji sits down the honey roasted and he says to Jesse, you're uh, talking to your fruit. And Jesse says, I, I'm done talking to my fruit, Koji. And Koji says... Uh, do you have everything you need? And Jesse... So I guess uh, Koji can be a listening ear, and Jesse says, Yeah, I got, I got everything I need, Koji. I got everything I need except for what's really important to me. And Jesse agrees, like, Koji, I've been a real jerk. And Koji, of course, says, Well, I, I wouldn't say that. And Jesse says, Look, I, man, honestly, I, I, I just, I've let this whole thing go to my head. And Jesse sounds like he is in t about to be just to break down. He's like, the most important thing in my life, I just let walk out that door. And Koji says, okay, you're a jerk. It's like, yeah, yeah, Koji, I sure am. And Koji says, big jerk. And Jesse says, yeah, you're you're definitely right there, Koji. And Koji says, major jerk. Okay, Koji, I get it. I get it. We don't need to elaborate any further. It's like Koji's unloading for the last two weeks. Just going in and getting the unsalted cashews and then the honey roasted cashews. <laughs> Everything I've had to do. Jesse says, I got a cashier. catcher. I mean, she's probably halfway to the airport. Um, I can guarantee she isn't because I don't think she's just going to leave her kids at the hotel and take a plane back to San Francisco without them. That would not be good. Great, I got oranges, greens, pears. Becky loves pears. You're uh, talking to your fruit. <laughs> I 
I'm done talking to my fruit buggy. Uh, do you have everything you need? <laughs> oh, yeah, Cody, I got everything. I got everything I need. Everything but what's important to me. Would you have been a real jerk? I wouldn't say that. Come on, man, I let this whole thing go to my head. And the most important thing in my life, I just let walk right out that door. Okay. You're a jerk. <laughs> You're right. Big jerk. <laughs> You're right, Georgie. Major jerk. All right, I got the point. I gotta get, I gotta get, I gotta catch her. I mean, she's probably halfway to the airport. So when Jesse opens the door, Becky is standing out there. And she says, what took you so long? And he opens his arms and she walks into them. And they hug. Oh. I tear. I mean, it's the music that does it. Honestly, these serious scenes. Jesse and I think in a way he feels like he did kind of lose himself a little bit. Got all caught up in the mania and everything. Jesse starts apologizing. Like, honey, I am so sorry. This whole thing went to my head. And he says... I don't know how long it takes before a person gets to this point, especially whether other musicians have had this breaking point where they've said, if I don't have the support of my family, I don't want any of this. And Jesse's like, forget about this whole tour. Koji, just can you call a limousine, please? And... Now Becky, it's almost like she's backtracking, backtracking. She's like, just, just, no, just, don't, don't throw it all away. I think she just needed him to take a step back and kind of look at his actions and how they're, like, uh, basically his behavior and how he's treating people and stuff like that. Like, no, it's, we don't need to end this, but you do kind of need to take a step back and realizing and look at how you're acting and how you're treating people, how that's affecting things. And she says, you've worked very hard for your success. You should be proud of how far you've gotten. I know that I am. I'm very proud of you. She says, you know, yeah, you just, you've lost touch with yourself for a moment. But, I mean, Becky's there to kind of rein him in. And he needed a reality check. She's like, you just kind of lost yourself for a minute and, you know, lost touch with yourself and basically the rest of the planet. I love this. He's like, well, Goofy old Jesse's back. And she's like, come here, Goofy. And they kiss. And I like how Koji is just kind of standing off to the side, like, awkward. <laughs> like, Jesse breaks away from the kiss from Becky and kind of is like, oh, yeah, we're actually not alone because Koji's right over there. So he says, hey, Koji, look, um, why don't you take the rest of the night off? Thanks a lot, man, honestly. And he, Jesse does the bow, Koji bows, and they shake hands, and Jesse pats him on the shoulder. It took you so long. I'm sorry, sweetheart. I mean, this, this whole thing went to my head. It, if I don't have the respect of my family, then I don't want any of this, okay? Forget about this whole tour. Koji, please call the limousine for me. No, Jess, don't. Don't do that. Don't throw it all away. You've worked very hard for your success. You should be proud of yourself. I know that I am. You've just lost touch with yourself and the rest of the planet. All right, well, Goofy old Jess is back. Come here, Goofy. 
Coach. Coach, uh, why don't you take the rest of the night off? And uh, thanks a lot, man. So after Koji leaves and shuts the door, Jesse takes Becky by the hand and leads her over to the couch and they just kind of sit down together and he's like, Oof, uh, what are we going to do about this uh, year-long tour? And she's like, uh, I don't know, what are we going to do? He's like, hey, I asked you first, like, dude, this is your decision, but I mean, what does he think, like, hey, he'll cancel it and it just, if the Rippers aren't going to know that it was even a thing, that it was even an option on the table. And they'll just come back. Because the Rippers, they, they got their own lives and their families. I mean, I mean, the mainstays, it just seems, are Gary, for the most part, since season one. Lanny, we've seen off and on. He's the dark, long, curly-haired guy. And, but we also have... Um, I cannot remember this man's name, but he is like a... Um, He, I, I mean, I don't want to say he's a poor man's version of Jesse, but he's got, like, a similar hairstyle. But he's been there since, it might be, like, Rich, Richard, something like that. So, all right, back to San Francisco. Michelle is making a giant hole in the ground. I'm sure Danny is really not going to be happy when he sees that. Comedy, of course, is out there because, you know, dogs, they can dig. Because she's using, like, a spade to just <laughs> dig a hole. Well, I mean, hey, um, have fun putting the dirt back into it. She says, oh, comedy, it's taking forever to get to use your pants. Sweetie, you have not even scraped the surface. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's how that works. You would, uh, uh, you would eventually hit something. Probably a water main in the backyard before you hit the center of the earth. I, I think it's funny that she took Stephanie's advice literally. Like, hey, comma, it's taking forever to get to Japan. Why don't you dig for a while? Like, yeah, okay, I was here anyway. And Jesse is out on the, uh, I don't think you'd call it a patio, but um, he's like, hey, shorty. And Michelle, of course, thinks Jesse, like, oh, wow, come on, we're getting closer. Dig faster. And she shouts into the hole, I'm coming, Uncle Jesse, see right where you are. <laughs> the dog, like, looks up like he's looking at the trainer, and she's probably like, like, just keep digging, keep digging. <laughs> and Jesse comes out and he says, hey, Comet, take a break. <laughs> Comet, take five. And the dog runs off screen to the trainer. I gotta get that milk bone. <laughs> I worked up an appetite. She turns and says, Uncle Jesse, you're home. She, like, barrels into him, knocking him down. <laughs> and he sets her on his knee and says, oh, I missed you. And she says, I missed you. And she says, you were gone a really long time. Sweetie, it was two weeks. I know, that's half a month. It's 14 days. Jesse informs her, like, well, I was going to be gone a really long time. They wanted me to stay a year. And Michelle says, I don't think I would have liked that. He's like, mm, yeah, me neither. That's why I turned them down. <laughs> And he tells Michelle that Becky and I got together and decided where's the best place to raise Nikki and Alex. And Michelle says, right here. 
He says, you are right. And who is the best munchkin cousin they could ever have? And she says, me again. That'd be me. And then he asks her, and who is the greatest ice cream eating partner of all time? She says, that's me again. <laughs> he says, you are on a roll. And she, I like that they put her hair in pigtails. Hair is cute. I don't, however, I think that we got another, <laughs> another, uh, we're starting to the episode. Oy, oy, oy. You know, this might be actually the number one slot, to be honest. It's pretty not great. It's got the ruffled turtleneck-looking collar shirt that Michelle's wearing. He says, come on, Michelle, let's go hit that rocky road. And as they walk in, she says, I'm glad you're home, Uncle Jesse. He says, me too. All the family's hanging out eating ice cream, so I'm guessing this is like after dinner that they arrived, or maybe it's like a late afternoon snack. They're not having ice cream for dinner. They're just not. enjoyed it I really had a fun time with this um best I I think honestly best outfit I I, I want to give it to Nikki and Alex little uh, kimono outfits in Tokyo I just think that was so cute uh runner-up I actually kind of let me give it to um Kimmy <laughs> Kimmy's uh Bacon and egg boxer shorts over the red tights. That was cool. Um, worst outfit? The one at the end. I'm going to go with Michelle's. The turtle, the white turtleneck with a ruffle collar. It had like red little flowers on it or something with overalls. And I'm just like, mm, nah. Nah. You know, on second thought, actually... I think Kimmy's bacon and egg doctor shorts are going to be, like, runner-up. Uh, second place, actually, I want to give that to Stephanie. She had the teal shirt. She had the bright kind of tropical-ish colors with, like, grapefruits and oranges and limes and stuff kind of cut open. It was... I just... I like how it all went together. Uh, runner-up worst outfit... What DJ was wearing, she had her hair pulled back when she was talking about, you know, having issues with writing the editorial and possibly losing her friendship to Kimmy. She was wearing, like, a V-neck 
white, it wasn't a t-shirt, but it was a white top, v-neck top with, like, it had, like, a, a crimped, like, v-neck kind of collar to it. It just really looked unappealing on her. And then also with the hair pulled back like that, it's just like, eh, no. Not a good look. Tanner teachable moments mainly is going to refer to Jesse as... You know, every once in a while something good comes along that we don't expect that maybe there's something that we've been waiting for for a long time. And um, and just to bask in that happiness and that, that goodness of luck's finally coming your way. And which is good, but it's also important to keep a clear head. Don't, don't let everything go to your head like that. It's always good to have like a person be it a significant other or a best friend, kind of sometimes you might, if you need, you're letting everything get to your head, you're kind of getting a swelled head in the way of, like, everything's coming up, me, that's so great, I want this, and you start making, you know, you're you're kind of losing a little bit of what makes you you, and sometimes it's best to have someone who can recognize that and just kind of say, like, hey, why don't you come here for a sec? Let's chat. What's going on? You know, I kind of see you're getting a little... And it's not so much that... It's right to, to be happy and everything, but when you start kind of taking advantage and just... Kind of like how, how Jesse was with the... Uh, oh, these are salted. I need unsalted. Oh, wait. Can you go back and get me honey roasted? Instead, it's just kind of... just kind of being like that. Just kind of... I don't know. We all kind of do sometimes when things are really sometimes it's the things like sometimes you kind of take for granted like oh this good fortune is you know keep coming my way and then you kind of it's easy sometimes to lose yourself in that but just also you know hold on to your you know don't don't change just because of your status changes like like the, again, I just I, I equate this to those that say I'm not gonna change if I come into a lot of money and win the lottery. Like, oh I'm gonna be the same person. It's like you say that now. You say that now. Come talk to me when you've gotten your hundred million dollars and see six months down the road or a year later if you're still that same person. Because that's what they say. Fame, money can change a person. Maybe not all at once, but down the road, it's again, it's 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 easy to lose yourself. It's easy to give in to something that is more available to you, not easily available compared to what it was before. Yeah. So that is just a Tanner teachable moment. Always have someone on the side to kind of help pull you back and just like keep you keep you grounded, keep you on track and everything. Kind of like Becky was with Jesse. Yes, Becky. What it just I mean, there's a time where my husband had to go away for three days to Chicago for a work conference and I tagged along. And he was, you know, in conferences and meetings all day. Did I say, oh, I want to spend time together as a family? Well, it's just him and I. But I'm like, no, I, I took advantage of him. I'm like, okay, well, you're doing that. I'm going to go take a tour of Chicago and get on a trolley and try free samples. <laughs> I went to a 
the Cheesecake Factory. I sat down, looked at the menu, stood up, and walked back out. I'm like, no. <laughs> I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> Even if I did, I'm like, we actually do have a Cheesecake Factory nearby. I'm like, mm, no. But anyway, another thing I wanted to mention real quick, even though I'm rambling, um, <laughs> stupid, this is stupid, right? <laughs> and I, let's go to Olive Garden, because why not? It's been a bit. Why don't go to a sit-down restaurant on Mother's Day expecting there not to be Oh, wait, I'm granted it was like, I mean, for the person that went in before I did, it was like 20 plus minutes. I mean, and then we'll just go to the mall and, you know, they have a bunch of, you know, the food court's got a lot of different options. But what, I just, I said that as I got back into the car, I'm like, no, nah, it's going to be all in 20 minutes. I said, you know, stupid me, why did I think this is a good idea to come to Olive Garden on Mother's Day? No, no. <laughs> go the week before or the week after. Don't go on the day of. But, um, yeah. So, of course, hey, guess what? We are next week on our final episode of Jesse's career, musical career journey. Will I ever get this correct? I just typed Jesse into the IMDb search. Uh, it's Monday, everybody. It's Monday. Here we go. Season 8. Episode 7. I think at one point... No, I don't think this was one that I was going to put in the not-so-greatest season 8. But anyway, it falls under the category if I've watched it like once or twice in my life. Probably the first time when it aired and maybe the second time. Like, it's still... Re um, Hulu does still have, I think, most of the TGI lineup. Full House, Step by Step. Family Matters, and Perfect Strangers. So Season 8, Episode 7, On the Road Again, November 8th, 1994, I was 12 when this aired. When Danny finds out that DJ is secretly dating the guitarist in Jesse's new band, Danny forbids her to continue. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, Roger was, what, 20? Okay. She's 17. She's in high school. Uh, Nelson is, how, we don't even know how old Nelson is, but I bet he and, and Viper, which both, I, I don't really like either of them, but Viper, I really don't like because he dropped DJ. He was like, oh, that's moving too fast. We need to like end things. But, um, both of them have got to be both out of high school. At least maybe I put Viper at probably 1920. Granted, at this point, DJ is probably at season eight. She's got to be at least 18. She's an adult by legal standards. Um, but I just, for the most part, the guys that DJ's been into, jocks, right? Steve. Then you have Moneybags Nelson, which I really wish we kind of I want to know how they got together because we don't even hear about it it's just like a thing over summer like where did she meet him clearly he doesn't go to public school I think Nelson was homeschooled and Viper I don't know his situation I don't think they met at school because they met, no that's right she met him when Jesse was forming a new band after he got kicked out 
of the Rippers. He forms Hot Daddy and the Monkey Puppets. The strangest name with the weirdest music. <laughs> Jesse is like always trying to change his sound to fit whatever the music producer or a music label wants from him. And it just, it doesn't work. He's good at ballads. He should stick with what he's good at. So yes, this will be the final episode in the Jesse musical career journey. And then, like I said, in August, we have the double feature, sister's double feature. September is the best friends series. Um, and October, November, and then we wrap up with uh, December. I cannot believe I have been going at this now, this show, for over four years. I started this in April of 2019. And, oh, gosh. I mean, there's still the Fuller House portion. And don't get me wrong, I do love Full House. But let me tell you, there are, like, a handful of good episodes that I absolutely adore. But then there's, like, two handfuls of episodes that are just kind of so-so. And some are that border on such ridiculousness that it's just cringeworthy. But I'm still doing them because this is the f a Full House, Fuller House podcast but again i hope you all have a great day a great weekend and at this point <laughs> we're gonna be in july at this point probably late july by the time this episode airs so because i'm recording it in mid-may i'm actually two months ahead on my podcast schedule which is really great that's kind of where I wanted to be so I can also throw focus onto other things as well so have a good weekend if you guys want to email the podcast you can do so at podcast at gmail.com or if you want to email again it's 2.14 in the afternoon now and I still I, you've been hearing me talk for a while, so of course my words are going to eventually jumble together. But if you want to send a review for the podcast, I would love it. All five-star reviews help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. Go to iTunes, type in Full House or Fuller House, the only land to Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. Click on it, scroll down where it says leave a review, and leave a review. I'll, um, uh, if you want to hit me up with a trivia question, if you want to use emojis to describe episode titles, I'm down for it. I would love that. All right. Bye-bye, everyone.